Welcome to the daily VFN Radio Highlights, where we're keeping the conversation light at VFNTV.com. Enjoy. Welcome to VFN TV. I am your host, Greg Lancaster. Uh, joining me is John Ramos. Hello. Uh, today, we're going to just go into uh, we, yesterday. If you caught our program yesterday, we're talking about, you know, the urgency of now. And this is kind of a continuation of that, you know, and you could actually go and watch yesterday's program if you missed it, you know, and I encourage you to turn on your DVRs and record. And and, and it, it's like we're talking about in the last program. This is not your father's Oldsmobile. We are in a day and age that so many things are being uh, um, uh, divided and criticized and belittled. And it's like, these are very important things like your heart, your lungs, and hmm. the ability to think and, right. you know, these parts of our foundational. foundational things for our country. And that, if, you know, if we're going to have a country, we're going to have to uh, understand that Jesus said that a nation divided and a family divided will fall. So when somebody's dividing you and dividing uh, different things, you know, you have to, we have to wake up and say, what's going on? Yeah. And if you haven't yet got uh, the book that was written by Eric Metasis called Bonhoeffer, Pastor, Martyr, Prophet, Spy, and um, it's the um, the righteous Gentile versus the third right. Mm. Think about it. Wow. A righteous Gentile. This is a must read. You can see it on your screen. This is a must read for for you. And because he did an excellent job. I've read, read a lot of things on, on Bonhoeffer, and people, you know, they've done really well. And uh, But the, the, the way he wrote it, he used Bonhoeffer's own letters, his own, his own messages, his own mm. sermons. So you're really understanding the heart of this man uh, that God was using to, as a prophet. You know, a prophet is somebody just that's, that's, that's hearing what he or she can hear from the Lord and trying to deliver the best they can. And he is definitely a prophet for this age, his words. He lived to be 49 years old, and the reason why he only made it to 49 is because the government hung him on a wall. They took a rope and hung him, killed him because of his stand and what he believed. And who was the leader at that time? Hitler was the leader at that time. And so how did Hitler get there? And we were talking about in the earlier program. He got there because he was elected. People actually decided that democracy wasn't their thing. The Weimar Republic that was going on at that time in Germany after World War I, they got rid of their czar-type king or their king, and, um, and a democracy came in, and they weren't used to all the you know challenging and participation, and they just thought it was just chaos and confusion. It's better just to have kind of one person kind of come in there and just lead everything. Not hmm. true. I mean, proven they had no idea what we know now by history. They had no idea what was going to happen the moment they put this person in. But they voted Hitler in, and Hitler began immediately to, to use propaganda. Uh, he began to use things that, by the way, uh, reports are that he learned a lot of this from some of the American techniques of President Woodrow Wilson. Some wow. of the reports are Goebbels, I believe. Mm -hmm. they, you know, propaganda. Propaganda. Uh, we read a law just recently, and you've got to uh, see this talk called um, Law Versus Morality to give you a viewpoint where— um, propaganda is where you begin to say things to kind of change people's mind and, and that type of thing. And so um, so here here they were. The church uh, was in Germany. Uh, you had this brand-new person elected that they felt like it was going to, you know, be there. He's going to provide jobs for them. Government's responsibility is not to provide jobs. They're supposed to, to help the people 
and as the people provide jobs, mm-hmm. the, when the government provide jo- provides jobs, you think more. It's more like Joseph working for Potiphar. I mean, that's how it always kind of ends up. You know, it doesn't end up that way because the government doesn't generate any money. They don't generate. They don't generate other than you know getting speeding tickets or fines or something of that nature. They get it through taxes. Hmm. And so the if the more people that were on the government uh, payroll, the more is taken from others. Sure. And your t- slavery is nothing but a percentage of your tax rate. The definition of slavery really is you're a hundred percent tax. Hmm. And I've heard I remember oh. some some, oh, some yes. comments saying you know the tax rate probably needs to be at a hundred percent. And people don't understand. That means a slavery, by the way. When you when you all the money that you earn goes to the government and you just do your work, mm. you know, that's called slavery. And so anyway, so these things are going on. We talked progressively about these things in our previous program, how the first thing that started to happen, the constitution started being belittled. You know, it's a list of negative rights and it's kind of outdated. And besides, you know, and all of a sudden we start talking about we need to put constitutional rights that go outside of what God would say. You know, we need to um Say that uh, you know, if God says up, we need to write in the Constitution that God that the that America now says down and puts an opposite viewpoint of God in the Constitution. But when you look at the founding documents of our country, it's one nation under God, and that all of our rights come from God. And the second we start making laws that are outside of God's will, we're not going to have a country. I mean, it's not going it's not going to be able to be sustained, and and it has been done. And um, we suffered greatly because of that. The greatest loss of life ever in the history of America was over the Civil War, but it was over immoral laws that actually um, enslaved part of the citizens uh, of America. And uh, but much bloodshed happened over that, and and a whole journey began over that of freedom that's still being marched out today in, in many aspects of it. But so understand this: that so. All of a sudden, you know, why does someone begin to take what is right and call it wrong? Why does the all of a sudden that the founding fathers are 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 negative people and that they don't they begin to belittle, you know, Thomas Jefferson and belittle George Washington and, and belittle, you know, different leaders? Because that's the process. The right. process Tear is down. I got I got to target and focus, just like the rules for radicals. Uh, Saul Alinsky, the author of that book and the mentor reportedly of Hillary Clinton and President Barack Obama, by the way. Uh, you probably can see that on on your screen, or we'll see that on your screen as I'm talking. That that understand that he that he felt this is how you do thirteen tactics. If you use these tactics, he says in his book, Lucifer used these tactics, and he got his own kingdom out of it. I mean, he dedicates this book to to, to Lucifer. So, but it's nothing but just it's nothing but doing things outside of God's way. It's trying to make things happen, and I mean, children got this technique down. I mean, it's what hmm. happens in schools and the bully and that type of thing. So all of a sudden, since the Constitution is what you want to take down or begin to fundamentally transform, you got to begin to cause people to believe that the um, that the Constitution's bad. It's it's restraining. It's not it's not uh, loose enough. Um, our own Supreme Court justice told a country, I believe, down in Africa, that when you start to do your Constitution, don't use the American Constitution because ours is outdated. Hmm. And her job is to be able to defend, defend the Constitution <laughs> and interpret it. Our own Supreme Court justice wow. said that. Maybe it was in the Middle East when she was talking to maybe Egypt or someone. And it's like, well, what's going on? And it's like because somebody believes that that's bad. we got to cause people to think it's bad. But you don't... They. This is what happened with Hitler. They really believed... They didn't have the benefit of knowing in a few months that people are going to be in ovens, that your business is going to be shut down, that the Bible is going to be replaced by Mein Kampf. 
by Hitler's Bible. All these things really happened. Hmm. They really happened. And it happened quickly. And over 11 million people died after that decision. Over 11 million. And the whole world shifted. And we're still, you know, limping from, from what happened over such evil you know, being made manifest. And so, um, so you start seeing the Constitution be, be little. Then you start seeing, you know, education. And I mean, you could deal with things a little bit differently than taking 30 teachers and arresting them in Georgia and, and putting them on the news and cuffing them up and taking them away. But if you want us to, to disbelieve the education system, the local education system, and you want us to have nationalized education and you want to be have common core uh, education system, you got to cause us to start believing that your system, Fuhrer, is right. better than, than what presently is, right? What presently is. And so that's, these are some things that are going on. He said, that's just too far-fetched. Well, no, what, what was believed is the church need to be minimalized. The, 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 you know, God's people need to be minimalized. The Christians and the Jews, this, that, that they're operating on these biblical principles, principles, and we need to be able to change this thing. And they need to change the fun. They needed to, to deep-seated religious beliefs. Need to be changed. Yeah, that could never happen here, right? Right. <laughs> Take a look at this. This is Hillary Clinton. She just said this a couple of weeks ago. It sounds so familiar. Watch this. And deep-seated cultural codes, religious beliefs, and structural biases have to be changed. I think cultural codes should be dealt with. Right. But not deep-seated religious beliefs. beliefs. That's what Hitler did. Listen, this nation stands because of God. Look at the papers. Read it. Read the, read the Declaration of Independence that we believe all of our rights came from God. God is the one that's over us. And understand, if we change that, we change everything. Mm. It's a whole new game. And so you're starting. So you start. You know, you see the the education being assaulted. I mean, just last, just yesterday, I believe, in Houston or a day before yesterday, that they had a teacher arrested who changed the grades in a reading class, reading test. It's like, should we be making national news with a teacher who changed Hello? the grades? Why not just right. fire the teacher and but, we, you know, the principal, whoever it was? Why shame him? You know. Well, the whole thing is, is you start feeling negative and untr I don't trust the school system anymore. And then when we get back, we're going to talk about not trusting law enforcement, and we're going to move on because there's so much more that we're saying. You know what? i got to quit buying into these reports. I'm going, to, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust that my rights come from God. I'm going to trust the Constitution. I'm going to trust our founding principles, and uh, I'm going to trust God through this thing. Um, you think about these things that are happening, and I'm, this urgency I'm feeling in my spirit is it's just a now urgency. Mm. I mean, it's just now. I mean, you got to shake yourself to you realize now, now it's not tomorrow. I mean, in a couple of weeks, I mean, how, how many people are like, yeah, this is so important. I'm going to put this on my calendar and, you know, in the next six months, I'm going to get to it. The next six months, this country is going to be totally a different situation in the next six months. Now is the time. And if, we, if they would have responded to Dietrich, it, things would have turned. Hitler had to have a majority of people to buy into that and to fundamentally, you know, change the... What was... And so you're looking at so, but you got to get things that are good for people to start thinking it's bad. You think about the '50s, in the '50s, that the uh, you know the uh, American women at that particular time, uh, really you know, white women in the '50s, hmm. be more specific, were living you know like queens and based on culture, the way culture is in the world. And I'm talking about just America. You can't compare everything by, by just America. But people would have given their right arm to live as the, as the families lived in the 50s in America. 
they tried to flip the nation, you know, with um, some techniques in um, uh, in the 60s, but they couldn't because the middle class was so strong. Everybody felt confident about what's going on. And um, Cloward and Piven, Cloward and Piven, mm. uh, that technique of like, we've got to crash the system. If we get everybody on the system and crash it, then we'll flip it and reboot it and be what it is. They, you know, crazy things that happened during that time, you know, the, the weather underground, all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Bill Ayers. Uh, and so... Um, but they couldn't because people were satisfied. Things were good. So they had to begin to, to use propaganda because a, a woman and a man, they feel like, you know what? This is kind of boring. This this good home, good life, and, you know, you're able just to enjoy life. And and they began to just had to convince them that this was bad. So you have people, you have, you have kids that have grown up with two generations of a blessed home who's on uh, you know, spring break from... Uh, a you know million dollar home marching down the street complaining about what's going on it's like what are you doing you're gonna bl- you're gonna blow your- you are the one percent that's right <laughs> you are the one percent blow your cover man but it's, Get the, out of here. but it's the propaganda causing people to feel disgruntled you know and so you're seeing the you have to say wait a minute wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm gonna believe what God says I'm gonna believe what God did God chose to to raise this nation up. And God has sustained it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with God. Mm. Gonna, but so then you're looking at law enforcement now, and we talked about this. And I'm not gonna go into it in the previous program, but law enforcement, you're seeing, you know, a, a narrative over law enforcement that's saying that law enforcement is bad, just like they're trying to make teachers look bad. And it's like education, law enforcement, constitution, Christians, everything hmm. is just being, you know, focused on. You cannot believe this press. It's not. Listen. That's like saying your 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 heart is saying to your lungs, you know, what's your problem? You need to get out of here. You know, when you lose that organ like that, you're not going to make it. And so it's very, very important. If you want to know what it looks like in a nation without law enforcement, look at Yemen. You know, look at mm. look at uh, uh, Libya. Look at countries like that that are just trying to make it, you know, through those particular rough times right now. We need to keep them in our prayers. But then you're looking at the family. I mean, the family's under attack from everything. I'm so much so that you know you're looking at uh focus on the family Dr. James Dobson you know he just kind of just had to stop because it was such a huge attack on the family wow news of the reports are and he wrote a book called Fatherless and you got to read that but it's just the ultimate end of the family and uh it's just everything you can let's redefine family let's call family family's evil uh, you feel guilty just for having a wife and a husband and children yeah. and you're just saying i'm okay with that and i'm gonna you know and it's like <laughs> how can trusting my teacher be wrong how can supporting my local law enforcement be wrong how can being married to my wife and my having my kids be wrong and it's like wait a minute all this stuff's not wrong they're trying to get you to think it's yeah. wrong and so uh, the people begin to criticize the fathers so much, so much propaganda about fathers that that being a father, being in a family and functioning in his his role, it, he feels almost guilty about about doing. There's something more I need to do. Right. It's like it's hard enough to do that. And so you think about, you know, uh, Cheryl Sandberg. She's the CEO, COO, I believe, of um, of Facebook. She has a, a book that she wrote called uh, Lean In. I guess you could see it somewhere. And, uh, you know, our prayers go out to her. She had a tragic loss of her husband, mm. just a sudden accident. You know, our thoughts go out to her. But in her book, you know, she's talking about, you know, that basically, 
you know, the man needs to be seeing doing what traditionally women women did versus going like, let's just all, why do we have to put things in a role? Let's just wow. live life together and function together. Why do men have to be emasculated sure. for everybody to feel better? Because if you emasculate a man, you don't have a man anymore. If if you you know if you emasculate a woman, you don't have a fem, you don't have femininity anymore. And it's like we're losing all this this this. You're fearfully and you're wonderfully made. Yeah, you're a beautiful person. Why would you want believe the lie that you are not what God created you to be? I mean, think about that. And so all of a sudden, people begin to believe the lies, and that so much so, the family is so much under attack. And and we're talking about what was the days like right before. Hitler, you know, months away when Hitler began, he was in, but he began to to uh, progress with his plan, you know, progressive thing, mm-hmm. and uh, the family. Think about it. They got they got you know, and the only thing I've ever seen of this is actually of the commercial, and we actually have to turn our heads and flip the television off when you see it. I, mean, I can imagine if people are watching, they're watching it all the time, I guess. Mm. But it's like people eating people is like zombies or something. Wow. And um, and it's just the. You know, you can't even watch a commercial. It's so bad. It was gruesome. And um, some of the prophetic words are that that potentially could happen. And But either way, it's like, um, and so you, if you're going to attack someone about this, that, you know, with the press on somebody doing something negative to the culture of our, our community, I think it would be something like cannibalism and Hello? zombies or something. But instead, they attacked this one actor who acted like a healthy father in a healthy relationship with Claire Huxtable. I mean, Bill Cosby. They wow. just totally ridiculed this man. I mean, he's an actor. He's an actor. But they had to go after that role. Why not go after the zombies eating each other or whatever? Mm-hmm. Why not do something of that nature? But this everything, and that was a beautiful sight of what a healthy family would yeah. look like with, uh, you know, uh, uh, Claire Huxtable and Dr. Huxtable. And, and Heathcliff. Heathcliff and... Uh, the kids and you know living together as sure. a family unit, and we all got a chance to really enjoy that that acting that was going on, and it really encouraged the nation. And and this thing is so significant. I mean, if you look, if you read, you've got to read this. This is almost identical to what you know Hitler knew he had to do. He had to change the way people think about the good things and the things that were, so he could enact the evil things. But they had no idea how evil evil was. Marriage. I mean, you look at marriage now. I mean, marriage is under attack from every angle you can. I mean, who? I mean. I mean, being married is difficult enough, but now people are trying to attack it. I mean, they're hmm. trying to to come in, come in and attack it. And you think about those who choose to live with the opposite sex and have children and raise them are reportedly or allegedly unkind, unthoughtful, uh, unprogressive, old school. It's like, really? It's like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Isn't that how actually you were conceived? I mean, now how you came to pass. I mean, you wouldn't even be here without that. Our Supreme Court is actually discussing matters since 1973, such as, you know, I, I don't, I think we should kill the kid, kill the kid. I mean, you know, things that we thought were uh, just uh, unmentionable, you know, it, historically that that though we sinned, we didn't talk openly about it, and we were ashamed of it, and we wanted right. God to forgive us of it, and now it's like. Well, let's just you know let's abort the child. Let's let's just kill the child and the baby. Let's, that was the argument in Roe versus Wade. Mm-hmm. They're talking about this since the Supreme like Court, and of course everybody sits back. I'm sure going like, "Well, this will never pass. Yeah. <laughs> this will never pass." And it passed in 1973, and 55 million children that are reported plus plus yeah. have been murdered since that thing. Since that yeah since, since that, that yeah court case sure court case. 
And so you would even, I mean, who would ever thought that you would have a conversation about, can I murder my child in my womb? Like, who would have thought about that? The big yeah. thing was where women would want to have the child. But you had the sexual revolution. You had the freedom comes when you have freedom of the 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 reproductive abilities, and all of a sudden, you know, then you you know you aren't going to control me anymore because if I do get pregnant, I'll kill our child, mm. and I won't even tell you about it. And it's like, where did that where did that become a positive thing? What how did that? Yeah. And how can you live with that? And I can understand God can forgive that, but understanding that is like, you know, if you bought into that, now you're trying to walk out that voice is coming against you, going like. I can't believe you did this. Mm-hmm. You know, he would be eight years old today. She'd be 12 years old today. I wonder if that kid over there would be like my kid. That was the devil. He was just selling you a bill of goods. And the things that are being discussed today, I mean, birth control being discussed before before, uh, before uh, the Congress. <laughs> and so you have, you have a, a lady sitting at, at play, t- testifying before you, before the United States of America Congress going like, I want to have as much sex as I possibly can have, and I want you to pray for the to barrier for it, yeah. that keeps me from the consequences of sex, which right. is children. And I'm like, are we having this conversation really? And we think it's normal. I mean, we actually think it's normal. It's like, how did we get into that conversation? And you think about this, and now today, this very moment, you know, we're discussing at this very moment in the Supreme Court, you know, should women marry women? Should men marry men? And the, some of the, the case that the attorney that's arguing against it quoted the Supreme Court justice comes back and tells him, well, you have to understand you can't use that case because back when that case was, which was a couple years ago, this whole act of not marriage, but the act of them actually having sex was illegal. And so you, that whole case is thrown out. I'm like, are we talking about all of I was like, wow, what happened to the day that is like, you know, We've all sinned, we've all fallen short, but why are we trying to legalize and come against every institution that actually holds the society up? Because you can tell, I just got this sense of urgency, but it's the urgency of now. Mm. We have this tendency to say, you know, I'm gonna, man, that's so important. I'm gonna get to this next week. You know what? I'll have a, I'll tell you what, spring comes up or summer or fall or like, it's the urgency of now. I mean, this is happening now. I'm, I'm hoping you understand that. This is you. This is me. This is our nation being transformed before us. We have somebody running for office that's saying very specifically, listen to this. Watch this. This is Hillary Clinton, what she's saying about our nation. And deep-seated cultural codes, religious beliefs, and structural biases have to be changed. Say that one more time. Do that one more time. And deep-seated cultural codes, religious beliefs, and structural biases have to be changed. If you read this book, if you read this autobiography, that is what Hitler thought the answer was. Mm. Dietrich Bonhoeffer is going, you can't change deep-seated religious beliefs. That's the reason why government exists. It wouldn't even exist outside of God. That you have to, you can't do that. And people didn't have the benefits of history but we do now. We know exactly what happens when you start taking your faith and putting it aside and pulling God out of the equation, pulling commandments down. I mean, even if you break the commandments, you want the commandments because at some point you may repent and come back to God. Yeah. But there's nowhere to go back to if you actually turn your entire uh, nation away from God. You turn yourself away from God. You think, well, what's going on? What's going on with all this? And, and you know, this, like I said, this is, this, is, this is a continuation of our previous program if you got to catch it if you haven't because it's got more foundation than what I talked about earlier. It's the simple rule. It's a simple rule that's been used 
since day one in war. Divide hmm. and conquer. Divide and conquer. I mean, since the Garden of Eden, Satan's name is defined as one who gets in between and divides. What did he do? He got in between the most blessed people on the face of the earth, Adam and Eve, and he divided them from God. He didn't like it. He got in between them two. He began to talk in the ear of one of them. He, they bought into the narrative, the, oh, did the Constitution really say that we have rights? Did the founding fathers really flee religious persecution to come over here? Did it really say mm. don't eat the apple? Did it really say that this is marriage since the beginning of time? A man shall leave his uh, parents and a wife shall cleave to her husband and they shall be one flesh and that kind of thing. Eh, did he really say all that? Uh, did it really say that? You know, Think about it. That's what's happening, right? All this questioning of all these founding type principles. And he divided them. Satan divided from the garden. Men were divided. And he got the authority. And that's what the Saul Alinsky's book, Rules for Radicals, why he dedicates he dedicates um, this book to him because he, Satan, Lucifer says, because he uh, got the, um, you probably can see the dedication maybe on your screen, I don't know. But he, he is the one who uh, uh, got his kingdom out of, is what they say. Hmm. Because when Adam fell... The authority was given over on the earth to, it was given over to, it's yeah, Satan. yeah, to Satan at that point. And so then you think, well, what's going on with, with marriage? Well, marriage is to divide the husband and the wife. If you divide, if you go in and you divide a husband and wife, you got a divorce. It's divide and conquer. If you keep on, you know, at odds with your husband, you're not going to have one. If you keep on at odds with your wife, you're not going to have one. If you keep on at odds with your parents, you're not going to have a family. You'll have something. Everything divided against itself doesn't stand. If the government keeps on coming against family, guess what's going to happen? Divide and you conquer. Children divided from their parents, dividing and conquering it. Dividing the community from law enforcement. Trying to drive a wedge of doubt and unbelief and distrust. You know, men and women who every single day go out and choose to go out and defend you. Yes, some people, you got bad people in your office, but you still show up to work. Why? Because that was only a bad person. It wasn't everybody in your office. Right. You don't throw your company away because you hired a bad employee. You fire the bad employee. We don't say every officer is bad because one or two or a percentage. We deal with the problem that's there. And it's important. The fact that they choose to do that, the soldiers and the military that's going out to defend us, it's important. They're, they're serving a very important role, and they're trying to divide us between uh, our loyalty to the—I to the, mean, we're not even taking care of them when they come back. They commit to fight for us and our freedom. They come back, and we don't even take care of them with VA. We don't take care mm. of them with jobs, and it's like they're trying to divide us even from those who fight for us. You know, dividing students from their teachers, right? All of a sudden, now parents and teachers, parents and students don't trust the teachers anymore. Why? Divide and conquer. If you buy into that, instead of getting up there and meeting with your teachers and meeting with your superintendent and begin to say, we got to build a relationship here, and your superintendent may go, that's just happened. It's an isolated case. You're more than welcome to come up here to the school and see how things are done. That is not true here at all. And you'll be surprised. That's what that's the majority of everything in education that's going on right now. Don't buy into that. You're dividing Americans from Israel. I mean, think about it. That the, every these narratives saying, you know, that oh, the Palestinian land, the Palestinian land, the Palestinian land. 
give them part of Jordan. I mean, my goodness, you got 10 trillion <laughs> acres out there. Uh, Israel's got like 60 miles wide at its widest point, you know, but they're trying to convince everybody with a narrative to divide you from Israel, divide and conquer. They want to divide the land of Israel. Why? Divide and conquer. You know, when the president says the Middle East needs to be organized, this is what he's talking about. These techniques, you, you know what the rules for radical says? One of the rules, he says, you have to have a sustained militant effort to be able to cause these things to happen. Guess what? We, Based on the reports of some of our leading people, that this ISIS force could be stomped out instantly with our huge military. It could be dealt with. But if you go back and look at the progression since the, the empowering of the Muslim Brotherhood, putting him on the front row at the Cairo speech at Cairo University when our president spoke there and said that he considers it his job to defend every, Islam from every negative stereotype, wherever it may be found, to today, for some reason, this it's it's fueled the the narrative and the not confronting it and not calling it what it is and and according to Congressman Michelle Botman, removing every form of related uh, Islam as a uh, as a uh, as a as an enemy of of America in some form or fashion, radical Islam is an enemy of America. America, according to her, they purged it from our libraries, the FBI. And what's going on? You have to have a sustained militant effort to cause people to be uncomfortable enough to say, get Hitler in office. You have to have people to be so uncomfortable. They go, yes, I guess we need to change our deep-seated religious beliefs. Maybe that's the answer. Because if you're, if you're comfortable and you're confident in God, you're not going to say that. But one of the rules and rules for radicals that are Saul Alinsky, who actually wrote this book, mentored, and on a previous program, I have a copy of the alleged term paper of Hillary Clinton. She corresponded personally with him, and uh, um, the president was mentored by him in his mm -hmm. system. And it's like, this is a technique. You have to have a sustained militant effort. And that's what it looks like to me, fitting right in line with that's why uh, radical jihad is just kind of fueling. And what's happening Christians and Jews and people who aren't Muslim enough are being killed. Suffering every day. Now, see, that was happening with Hitler, and everybody went, you know, overall, the collectively, sure, you know, it's just going to be better off. Well, that's happening right now. We're winking at a journalist like James Foley getting his head cut off in front of us. In front of us. And we watch our leader pause to come off the golf course and Martha's Vineyard, and then go back to play golf. Hmm. That really happened. And it's like, what is happening? All of a sudden now is the narrative that human life is not important anymore? That reporters aren't important anymore? That Christians aren't? First, think about it. If we don't protect that a journalist in the field, what we're saying is we don't want the, the truth reported. Some reports are right now, allegedly, that there is a lady right now they're not letting in the country who actually is a witness to all of this, and they're saying that she can't come in the country. Wow. We're well, letting everybody else come yeah. in. I think that concerns what you're saying is that is there a tipping point? Is there a point where we respond? I mean, this is an urgent cry for us to take notice of. It's now. Now yes. react. And I look, think about, you know, about the Declaration of Independence and think about what these brave men were able to do. At some point, they were sick and tired of having their rights violated. At some point, they were tired of the soldiers barging into their homes. Right. At some point, this, and they said, we have to change this. But what if it's too late? If we don't respond now, is it going to be too late? Well, that's the, we're going to talk about this in the next part of our program today about, you know, what are we going to do? We're, you know, we have a plan. 
You know, we have a plan. There's something that, that we feel the Lord has given us to be able to be a part of what's happening. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer cried out and called out and said, listen, but they were right. It was so divided that they couldn't unite. But you think about this, that even uh, that uh, everything that you could possibly imagine now is being divided. Things or statements are being made by Al Sharpton, the MSNBC news reporter, one who allegedly our president goes to to be able to send to different areas on behalf of of his feelings towards these different areas that are going on in our country. And he says that, uh, uh, in a paraphrased way, that the policing needs to be federalized now. Mm. No more county deputies, no sheriffs, no police officers, no police chiefs, which you actually vote and you put in office and you fire, or you don't reelect or whatever, you don't want that, that your governor's over. That he's, that, that, that's what Al Sharpton was saying. And it's like that's where everything's kind of, mm. and that's what hit. What, when did you when did you see a nationalized police force? You saw it in Germany under Hitler. There's something we got to go back to the original intent. There's local. The mo, more local your government is, the more accountable your government is to you. It's we the people. That's why it's supposed to. You're, they're supposed to be accountable to you. The further away you put the government, the least accountable it is to you as a government. And so. You look at Dietrich Bonhoeffer's book, and you got to get this book. You think about it on page 161. You know, he was telling everybody these things are coming. We're months away, we know now, months away from ovens and concentration camps and persecution of Christians, and you're seeing Christian businesses now. The same thing that was happening during those days, you're watching Christian businesses mm. where people, they begin to have the boycott, you know, they boycotted, uh, you know, the Jewish businesses, the Night of Crystal Knot, we know what you, we know about. And so, and this is what he says, and Eric... Um, uh, Metaxas' book on Dietrich Bonhoeffer, pastor, martyr, prophet, spy, a righteous Gentile versus the Third Reich. This is what he says. He says, when they, he tried to get everybody to get together, because unity is so important, he said, there were so many theological and political points of view in opposition that they could never muster a single focus plan of resistance to what was coming against their nation. Wow. In the parliament of the democracy of the Weimar Republic, they voted themselves to death. They actually voted their death in. They voted and said, forget us. Just let's bring in the Fuhrer. Let's just let, give Hitler. They voted wow. themselves to death. And it's like, we have to wake up. All of a sudden, constitutional rights were suspended in Germany. Can you imagine that? You're holding on to a right, and all of a sudden it says, they're suspended. And these things begin to happen. And we have to focus. If we get back from the break. We're going to talk about, you know, so what is the key? Listen, all this is being talked about in these two programs, but we ha I, have a, I have a plan. I have a plan, and I believe others do too. And we begin to follow the plans of God, the strategies of God. Our God can move. It's not over. We just can't believe the tyrannical narrative of the adversary who says he, he spews out venomous threats through his captives to be able to do his will. But our God is greater than that. But we have to wake up and say, dear God, we see it coming. What do you want us to do? When you look at, you know, the Bonhoeffer autobiography, you, I'm telling you, uh, you know, you'll weep over this man's faith and his tenacity. And it literally was this one man who just stood up for what was right. And mm. most of the people who professed to be Christians were actually merging with Hitler and they were who had a supremacist, uh, anti-Semitic. If you're not, you know, German, you know, you're evil. If you don't follow my Christianity, you're not a Christian. 
And, um, and it's like, my goodness, we have to just wake up. And people wouldn't listen to Dietrich. They wouldn't listen to him. And if they just would have listened, if hmm. they just, but, but, but the fruit of his life, he's responsible for the, um, the, the reformation of the German church. And so, um, so you think about, you know, what's going on? What do we need to do? Um, uh, one thing that, that is talked about in here, John, it was seven months. You know, it was business as usual. Mm-hmm. Hitler gets in, they vote him in. In seven months, all of a sudden, they polarize the whole German nation to, to uh, boycott you know, Jewish businesses. Mm. They began to make people feel bad for doing businesses with them. They began to progressively close down um, Jewish um, presses and businesses and Jewish professors. They began to fire them. They got the university students to be mm. able to go out and march down the street, begin to burn books by Jews and anybody that spoke anything out. Some this is Christians and Jews. We have to wake up. You have to understand that when evil is plotting. When evil, when evil is plotting, evil is plotting against us, against 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 the Jews, against Christians, and uh, we have to just wake up and understand. Do you see the surrounding today of Israel, surrounded by armies on every side, but the church is sleeping the way it was when they were surrounded in Germany. Mm. And it's like we have, have to understand that we're going to go the same way that Israel goes. That's where we're going to go. And I want to thank everybody that prayed because BB got his yes. his United Government, but you got to, it took seven months to go from business as usual to all of a sudden nobody did business with the Jews anymore in Germany. All of a sudden they couldn't get educated anymore. They couldn't go to schools anymore. They totally just pulled them out and said they were the problem. I mean, where would that even come from? The pits of hell. That's where that would come from. That's where that would come from. But guess what? At the same time, America was treating African Americans the same way. They were treating African-Americans mm. in a, a horrific way in our own country. Why? Because the same devil that was pushing Hitler to do that is the same devil that pushed racism in our nation. As Christians, you know, that's not what we're called to love everybody and love the nations. So, I mean, it's evil. It's evil every way you look at it. And so, you know, what is the plan? What do we do? Well, this is the Moravians were a people that just felt called to begin to pray. They prayed for a hundred years, a hundred years. And, um, uh, and in that time of prayer, so many things were birthed out of it. But one of the things that was birthed out of that in Germany, by the way, is where they were praying was um, an understanding about how to bring unity to people who love God, but have some preference differences, but they're not biblical foundational base differences. I mean, you know, if it's sin to you, it's sin to you, but it's not necessarily sin to your brother. You know, for example, your hair length or some people don't drink caffeine or somebody don't do this or don't do that. And the word of God lets us know that, hey, you know, that is to you. That would be sin and you need to be honored in that. Nobody needs to dishonor you in that. In like manner, he talks about in the person who has a liberty that we don't say that they're in sin. We just say, we leave that to God. But this is what he said. The Moravians came out with this, and this is one of the foundational things that helped America come to pass. Some of the reports are that this one statement, and this is VFN kingdom business is what we talk about all the time. You know, you know, the Lord's kingdom come is, this is it, an essentials unity. In other words, Jesus is the son of God. He's the only way hmm. to God. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. 
God offered his son on a cross to sacrifice for our sins. That blood that came from Jesus is what takes away our sin and brings us in right relationship when we make him the Lord of our life. Because of him, we have eternal life with him. But the color you paint your building hmm. and the songs that you sing and the rhythm or no rhythm that you're using in your music, that's totally, you know, a non-essential thing. So they said, in essentials, unity, and non-essentials, liberty, and in all things, love. That is so important because remember, Dietrich tried to get everybody together and they couldn't get together, but they had no idea that they were months away and months away and days away from from businesses being closed, their kids being kicked out of school, them losing their jobs, being put into concentration camps. And, and God was sending a warning to this prophet, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, saying, you know, listen, that ain't the church. If that's what they're going to do, if they're going to merge with Hitler, if they're going to sign the Aryan paragraph and think that they're going to manipulate their way, that's not how mm. you do it. You don't earn your way to God. We repent our way to God and say, God, I've sinned. I've fallen short. And we ask for God's guidance. And, and how... Uh, we come together. How do we do that? We begin to say, you know what? And, and stick with VFN TV. Stick with us. Uh, pray for us. Begin to become a partner financially. Cut a check. Go online. Go to VFNTV.com. And every single month, say, this is how I'm doing. I'm standing with the Dietrich Bonhoeffers of this day. I'm going to stand up and say, we're going to do something about it. I'm not going to be that people who won't get along, who won't unify, who is sold out about saying, you know, I got some political friends with Hitler's crew, and I think I can actually get in there. Hitler's Hitler. You know, mm. you say you can't. The people who have a mindset against God, when people are saying that you got to change the deep-seated religious beliefs of America, that is that is Hello. Hitler-S, by the way. And so— uh, we got to be able to focus on the, the, the things that matter, this Judeo-Christian nation. And with that, we have the seven spheres of culture, the seven mountains that we'll be talking about. And each of these mountains, maybe you're in one, it's be the church or religion, family, uh, education, government, arts and entertainment, media, and business. Bill Bright was just impressed by the Lord to understand that if you want to win a nation, and we're called to disciple nations, we got to go into these mountains, these spheres of culture, and we got to begin to make disciples in those mountains, be light in those mountains. We cannot turn them over to Hitler-ists and all those who want to do away with God being the uh, where our rights come from. We have to stand up for the Lord. He's waiting for us to stand up, and I believe, like we talked about in this previous program, program about minimum force necessary, listen, we can do it now. We can respond now. We can turn to God now. And I want to call you to prayer right now. Let's begin to pray. And I want to challenge you to stand. Let's stand together. Let God see us standing with him saying, you know what? I'm going to prayerfully, I'm going to financially, and I'm going to attend, whether it's virtually or physically, in the studios of VFN TV, these seven mountain meetings. We can do this in Jesus' name. Father God, I thank you. Well, we just call out. For each of these mountains of our culture, Father God, we call out to the church mountain, God. We call out to the family mountain, the education mountain, the arts and entertainment, business and media, Father God. And each of these mountains in government, and we just say grace to these mountains. Yes, Lord. Grace over these mountains, God. Lord, and I pray for unity, unity around the essentials, God, and liberty around the non-essentials and love and everything else, God. We ask you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless. Don't forget, you can also call at 844 44 VFN TV. That's 844 VFN TV. You can see the number on your screen. God bless. You've just been listening to the highlights from VFN TV and the Data Radio program, where we're keeping the conversation light. Listen or watch more programs and check out the VFN Torch at VFNTV.com. 
Don't forget about our VFN TV app where no matter where you are, you can take the light with you and share with your friends. We want to thank our sponsors and partners who make this program possible. Take the time and support our sponsors. You can locate them at vfntv.com and select sponsors. If you'd like to become a sponsor or a partner, you can do so at vfntv.com. VFN TV and the Daily Radio Program, where we're keeping the conversation light.